Hey everybody, welcome back to the Conservation Conversation. I'm your host, Eric Crown, in case you don't already know that. Most uh, most people here know, but if you don't, welcome to the podcast. This is episode 20, and this is a very monumental episode. This is incredible. Uh, today, we get to talk about environmental inequality. And it's perfect because today is Martin Luther King Day. So what I'm going to do is actually going to just start a live video uh, on Facebook so that our Facebook friends can can join and visit and uh, now we're gonna get everybody in now if you're watching on YouTube that's fantastic because YouTube is the station where you're going to find the most amount of um, the videos that I do and um, you know you're gonna see the edited pieces the images all of the additional bits that we need so anyway welcome everybody hey molly how are you uh happy 2020 and uh i'm glad to see everybody today i know it's challenging on a monday so we're here on hey what's up vic i see you are here uh in youtube so everybody please join me on youtube or join me here on facebook today we're going to talk about environmental inequality and some of the rules and regulations that play a part in that and how these environments uh, work and how these environmental laws work and what's coming up next. So I'm very excited for the show today. I'm going to go ahead and start the opening. If you're on YouTube, you're going to watch the opening. If you're on Facebook, you're going to see me look zoned out for a second while I'm starting it up. So hey, Carrie, Molly, Andrea, Carrie, nice to see you on here. All water warriors here on the show watching. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and start it. So Facebook friends. Okay, there we go. So, all, all right, right. Welcome, welcome back, back everybody. everybody. Hey, Colleen, Sherry, and Vic, all on the YouTube chat. I really appreciate you guys being on there. I know it's been a bit of an adjustment for everybody to, to make it over. Um, so, and hey, everybody on Facebook, you'll find a link on my Facebook page. Remember on Facebook, the show was banned. <laughs> so if you want to watch the whole show, you got to go to, um, to YouTube. Anyway, I just wanted to say, hey, everybody, here we are. It's Martin Luther King Day. And in honor of such, uh, I wanted to talk about the fact that environment is disproportionately uh, placed out just like economy. Hey, Tony, thanks for joining. Um, so we're going to talk about that a little bit today. And the quote I wanted to use today is Martin Luther King Jr. in honor of Martin Luther King Jr. Day, which is today. And what he said is it really boils down to this, that all life is interrelated. We are all caught in an inescapable network of mutuality tied into a single garment of destiny. Whatever affects one destiny affects all indirectly. So um, I think that there is really something to be learned from that. We have to remember that everything is interconnected. And the, the problem is very often when you talk about pollution, you talk about it in a, and we talk about it in a very uh, compacted way that doesn't always affect our, uh, our immediate um, world. So, for example, I've seen ads, I mean, not ads, I've seen uh, a couple articles recently about how China is going to reject uh, or trash um, Kuala Lumpur, I believe Malaysia said no more. Uh, actually, China bans single-use plastics, which means 
for those that want to keep score, China's actually ahead of us. <laughs> so there we go. Um, but we always hear that the plastic pollution problem comes from uh, these other countries, what we consider to be third world countries, what we consider to be poverty countries, which, again, that's not a very good term um, because we have such a big problem. Hey, Carrie, switch over to YouTube. Thank you, Carrie. Um, we have such a big, big problem with pollution. I want to start with, we're going to talk about water pollution, air pollution, but here's the, the gist of it is quite simply this. Factories and companies are often given subsidies to move into areas where there are more socially and economically challenged areas. So, and generally they'll go way out in the middle of nowhere and people live there, you know, but the problem is, is the companies then dump into rivers and even if they are far away, they're still in the river. And this is how every single city works in America. The companies dump into the riverways and then the riverways carry that toxicity down. Then the towns pull from the river, same rivers. So no matter where you live or what environment you're on, they are polluting you. And this is a very important topic as we're coming into 2020. So, hey, Alina, thanks for joining us today. Um, if, if you're on Facebook uh, and you're just joining us, uh, in case you don't know, the conservation conversation was banned on YouTube. So I can only do these live versions. But if you look on my page, you will find a link. Or if you go to the conservation conversation page, you'll find a link to hit us up on the YouTube channel. And if you go to the YouTube channel, click subscribe and add in your comments so we can join you into the show. Colleen says, clean air and clean water are worth more than any corporate profits. Ah, I, I absolutely 100% agree. Uh, I think you said it perfectly. And that's what we're talking about here. Companies are profiting off of our illnesses. And not. I'm not talking about the health industry. A lot of people like to look at the health industry. Let's, let's just, we're only zoomed into topics. Let's just widen out our lens for a second and realize that they are dumping all of their contaminants into our waterways. And if you're like me and you have an unexplainable cancer uh, or you have a cancer that people don't know how to diagnose, uh, they're going to say it's genetic, but in fact, it comes from the environment. And right now, you just have to look at how many hybrid cancers are in existence. How many people you know? They say, I have a cancer, but dot, dot, dot. You know, and it doesn't really fit in any pre-understood categories from the 50s. So, um, yes, Andrea is 100% right. Exactly like our body. Water is for earth what blood is for the body. Exactly. Um, you know, and Andrea, it's a great point because the, the rivers become the veins of the body of the land that surrounds it. And it's very important. Whatever goes through those veins is going to end up eventually in our bodies, as we have seen. Um, and Colleen, if there is any way to, hey, Michelle, thanks for joining. And, um, and Don, hey, Don, I'm glad to see you on here. Um, and we can. Hey, what's up? Hey, Mitch, good to see you on here today. Lots of good water activists today. Um, and, and I wanted to ask Colleen, too, if she has any information for us about, about some water testing and, and good access to, um, to water testing. What I wanted to start off by, I found this crazy percentage. And if you're watching here on Facebook, you're not going to see it. It's only on the YouTube link. But air pollution, <laughs> excuse me, and the World Health Organization... They estimated 7 million deaths globally in 2016 by air pollution. Uh, and it says air pollution is caused by harmful particulates and gases released into the air. It leads to premature death from heart disease, stroke, and cancer, as well as acute lower respiratory infections. Indoor and outdoor ambient air pollution caused an estimated 7 million deaths in 2016, according to the World Health Organization. So that is 
a lot of preventable death. That's a lot of preventable death. Um, you know, now what it doesn't tell us is how many were children, how many children were born with cancer or birth defects, according to all of this as well. Hey, Athena, thanks for joining in today. Uh, today we are talking about the distribution of pollution, and it's very disproportionately given to either remote rural areas or lower income areas or lower income areas within cities, which doesn't matter because all the city waterways are shared. Um, now, there's a great movement, and I see Sherry's here. Sherry, if you want to pop up a link for us, there's a fantastic movement now for the environment to try to get rights. And I'm hoping that I can have Carl Degert and Sherry on uh, to talk to me in an upcoming podcast about the, this movement, because I think it's one of the uh, most interesting and innovative things that I've seen happening in environmentalism. So over 80% of the pollution is basically dumped into lower economic communities. Uh, there is a place in, in the Mississippi River, the heart, the vein of American history, the vein of American folklore, the vein of American industry. It's one of the biggest shipping veins. By the way, the Ohio River that bleeds down into the Mississippi is the dirtiest river in America. Anyway, Excluding that, the Ohio River is the dirtiest river in America, the most amount of pollution. It leads into the Mississippi and between, um, let me get this right, between Baton Rouge and between New Orleans, there's a 100-mile stretch called Cancer Alley, where over 100, uh, I believe 100 or 200 companies have factories. These companies include DuPont, 3M, uh, most of the oil, gas refineries, all of these companies, and they all dump either in, in Mosaic, uh, friends, uh, no friends of Florida, <laughs> um, as everyone from Florida here knows. Um, and actually, Mosaic's in Cancer Alley. Mosaic had a leak in Cancer Alley. And Mosaic was told by the new EPA, which as we discussed in a previous podcast, the new EPA has basically um, been gutted and neutered. And, uh, you know, I think like somebody's now wearing its skin. It's pretty disgusting. You know, we don't know what's happening with the EPA. Um, basically, yeah, we just have to watch out for them now um what the epa told them was if because the stuff was was leaking into the water and into the water which everyone gets their water from by the way people that live on cancer alley have six thousand times the national average for cancer and birth defect rates so it's not a made-up thing um so what they told mosaic was in cancer alley if you just shoot this stuff into the air it'll dissolve into the air and oxidate and, 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 and dissipate. So this is how they're getting rid of toxic chemicals in Cancer Alley in Louisiana. Now, Weekend um, uh, says, Northeast Unincorporated Polk County now has fracked gas compressor station. Oh my gosh. Releases happening off and that is terrible. As we all know, fracking is another one of the aspects um, that is gone out of control. And it's another thing where they are taking this fracked air and they're mining for this in what people would consider uh ghetto communities i don't like to use that term i would say maybe uh, economically challenged but uh i don't believe in in the word ghetto i think that that's actually um something that we need to change over from we have to remember that it's not like we live in this nice place and there's a ghetto over there and those people have this problem uh if we go back to what dr king said we are all interrelated and we have to remember that how we treat the environment is how we treat ourselves in whole and personally. You know, if we let these companies continue to pollute the rivers, we will all die 
we will all have a cancer. All of our families will suffer a fate of this. Um, it's really important. And you have to remember, the Ohio and the Mississippi comes down. Um, and then you got to remember from the other side, you've got all the Florida fracking, mining, and other stuff going in to the Gulf. And so with the Mississippi and, and Florida both going into the Gulf, and I believe there's one more river um, tribune that comes down, uh, all of them extremely polluted, and all the mining in the Gulf, and all the gas and, and all the oil in there, the Gulf is now the largest dead zone. So, you know, we have to talk about this because think about it. You know, we can stop this. Um, this is something we can stop. Hey, Glenn, good to see you here. Sherry, yes, thank you, Sherry, the Mississippi. Um, we were just talking about the Mississippi and how the Mississippi goes in. And after it goes through Cancer Alley, which is what the term has been called by the EPA, Cancer Alley, then it bleeds into the Gulf. So if you're eating seafood from the Gulf, I would highly recommend that <laughs> people would probably be mad that I say this, but I would recommend that you find your source or be careful. I mean, you don't want to eat imported stuff either. This is another issue we have. Uh, we have collapsing fisheries. We talked about that in another podcast. And that's creating an economic inequality as well. Now, the reason I bring this up, and Kerry says money takers. Yes, Kerry, exactly. These guys are just giving out permits, taking money. And the problem is the profit of these companies are coming on the health of our children and our children's children. You know, um, if we allow people to continue popping radiation into our waterways, we have to understand that it has a half-life of 1,400 years, 14,000 years. Somebody correct me, please. Um, and we have to remember that it's not going away anytime soon. So we can't continue to um, somehow justify poisoning our nature that is, is going to, the only thing that we have as people, quite honestly, if we kill all these animals and all these fisheries continue to collapse, the only thing we do have is nature. And we can't poison the only thing that we have, our water. If our water is all poisoned, what are we going to do? You know, Nestle cannot take radiation out of water. There are more important chemicals being thrown in to this water that cannot be removed. You know, there's a tremendously wonderful movement right now to remove PFAs. And unfortunately, it's about to be vetoed out. We're going to talk about some other things that are changing. So, uh, let's see. Mitch, uh, Sherry says, Mitch and I saw horrific things in Fort Meade last week. Oh, geez. Talk about corruption. Pipes leaking into Peace River and its tributaries. The Fort Meade Nozick mine is beyond belief in the poisoning. Oh, Sherry, I know the Fort Meade mine um, is, from what I understand, one of the worst violators. And it's sad because the company points to that mine as one of their prime examples of, of, of how they do a great job. So the problem is, is that the companies are never going to, to regulate themselves. And you have to get away from this concept. When it comes to extraction sector, the extraction sector, which is where most of these factories work, most of these things happen. By the way, DuPont also has a, uh, a thing in, uh, in Cancer Alley in Mississippi. And there's a couple really good videos. If you just Google Cancer Alley, you guys' mind will be blown. Mosaic and Monsanto, the two biggest environmental polluters that I'm, I'm aware of. And Carrie's absolutely right. You can't drink money. And, you know, that's the thing, guys. When, when our water goes, just imagine if we're able to stop climate change. And imagine if we're able to stop all these other atrocities that are happening. If we continue to let these companies poison our water, and there's no way to pull radiation out of our water, then we are going to be drinking a recycled and enclosed, encapsulated waters 
over the next thousands and thousands of years that are going to give us new diseases, new chronic illnesses, and new birth defects. This is what really upsets me, is it's the children that pay the price. Um, you know, uh, we've talked about this before. I personally am fighting a cancer that is incurable, and actually, they don't even can't even 100% figure out what is going on with me. Um, so I'm currently uh, undergoing some radiation treatments, and, um, you know, I think... Um, sorry, just got a quick notification there. Hey, Camille, thanks for joining us today. Um, so, you know, I, I received cancer from an environmental thing. Now, I know that because I worked in studios, and all the studios I worked in said, warning, no, being in this building is, has chemicals known to cause cancer to the state of California. But I looked it up, and the regulation is that the building companies are allowed to not pay the expensive cost of redoing all of their asbestos if they put this stupid sign up. So there we are. That goes back to best management practices and self-regulation. Don't let anyone fool you. Mosaic, Monsanto, they're not putting things into place for your health. <laughs> and I think we all know that. We don't really need to be reminded of that, but unfortunately we are as we're watching. Um, and you know what, Sherry? I, I agree. It's absurd and criminal. And the biggest problem, we talked about this with cancer of the body politic, is that in general, a lot of the... Okay, the politicians that are way up, it takes a lot of money to buy, buy them if you can buy them. I don't know. Some may have integrity. Who am I to judge? But the politicians that are lower than the state level are very easy to bribe. And we see that everywhere. We see that in county commissioner meetings. Uh, again, everybody, I love to go to, I'm going to put this up here. Uh, OpenSecrets.org is my favorite website to go to. Go to, that, go to that website. You can look up your local politician and see who has given them money and see what happens. Because whoever they have paid, they are going to need to pay that back at some point through one thing or another. So. What I wanted to say is not only is environmental inequality so bad, it became a national issue and it became a presidential decree. In 1994, and if you are on Facebook, you can't see this. It's on my YouTube page. But in 1994, February 11th, so we actually have a date coming up, um, the president signed the federal action to address environmental justice in minority populations and low-income populations. The president had to sign something in order to curb this unequal, disproportionate distribution of toxic chemicals to what people would call the poor, what I would call low-income population, which in America is kind of the majority of us now. I don't. A lot's happened. For my friends that aren't in the states, it's not what you think. Um, the middle class has pretty much disappeared, and most of us are in a feast or famine situation, which means that, uh, you know, a bunch of us that may have been in the middle before that didn't pay attention to things like this presidential decree. So what happened with this presidential decree is they created the environmental justice group, um, which, which is, is a section, section inside, inside of the EPA. EPA. And, and recently, recently when, when the uh, budget cuts went in and the 30 million was cut out from the EPA budget, budget the Environmental Justice Agency was one of the agencies that was shut down. Now, even before that happened, there were ways that government, corporation, paid 
lobbyists worked their way in and actually had them change the law, the presidential the, the law, removing. I think it was something like they had to they removed um, race and uh, from when they go out and collect what's happening in there. And what they found out was that by removing that, they removed the need to report uh, income and the need to report the neighborhood median income. And by doing that, it actually freed up a lot of the companies. And a lot of our regulatory agencies that should have been on the ball, but have let us be poisoned, like the EPA, let it all go through. Uh, Andrea says, low-income population has less money and power, so no voice for them. It's exactly true. Um, they can pretty much go and, and do it. And uh, let's see. Uh, Carrie, liars and leakers. Carrie, I like that. That's, that actually would be a good T-shirt. <laughs> liars and leakers. Um, Weekend says they are not required to follow the BMPs. You know what? Thank you for that correction. That is a good point. The BMPs are, are not even <clears throat> uh, mandatory, nor are they enforced. And the few areas where they were enforced have all been rolled back. So, for everybody that, you know, thinks it's happening to somebody else, please remember it's happening to you and to me. It's happening to all of us. As these things get rolled back, um, we are finding a, a dangerous amount of more uh, leaks that are coming out from these companies. And the thing is, you can't prevent it. It's part of every company. And every company, when they submit to the state generally, has an emergency plan. As we learned um, with the big explosion in the Gulf, uh, that particular company, uh, their their plan was something that was like copied and pasted and submitted in uh, 20, 30 years ago. So they actually had no emergency plan. Um, so, you know, what we're finding too is that when, when you find this neglect, you're finding that uh, they're putting their, their workers at risk and they're putting all of us at risk. So, so, as a matter of fact, that, that, that presidential decree had to be signed. So, it's not that anybody's making this up. If you live in a poorer neighborhood, chances are companies are leaking into you. Now, we saw this a lot. When I was in the Philippines, I was in Manila. And Manila itself is not exactly um, what I would say is like a very nice, I mean, it's a really crowded city. I don't know. If you're from Manila and you like it, I apologize. My experience there was that it was insanely crowded. And there was guys with uh, submachine guns on every street corner, um, you know, police like in masks and machine guns. So, but when you were there, you found roads and, and freeways. And if you can imagine, they have a thing called the Skyway, which is a freeway on top of the freeway. So the air pollution, insane there. Um, so, uh, hey, Susan, thanks for joining. And the other Susan, thanks for joining. We have two Susans that have joined. Um, and if you guys don't know each other, Susan, I'd like to introduce you to Susan. Thank you guys both for being here. Um, so we're talking about Manila and you know, the, the main area is fine or whatever, but the poorer neighborhoods tend to have, um, the gutters that run through and all the trash that goes through the waterways. And if you haven't watched my video on it, you can go to my channel and check it out and you can get an idea of the amount of plastic pollution. Now, majority of that also is coming from America and we would actually send our plastics over there. The government would accept them and then just dump them into these poor neighborhoods. And if you watch the opening of the show, uh, opening as well, you'll see there's a shot in there of a child who is swimming amongst all the trash. And um, he just he's actually trying to, to swim, uh, do a backstroke, and all the trash is coming up and 
getting in his face and choking him. So we have to remember, and I want to take away race, and I want to take away economics as the factor, but I want everybody to focus on these children. Because I watched nine children play in this, this water that was filled with bacteria and trash and probably dysentery and who knows what. And nobody was there to stop it or to regulate it. And uh, Coralie, yes, thank you, Coralie. You remember that video. Um, you know, and that's just because the Philippines, they just do it out in the open. We are doing it secretly. Our companies are putting in chemicals and pollutants into the air and into the waters that we can't see. So, you know, what, what, are, um, what are PFAS, you know? So most people don't even know. They don't even think about it. Because you can't talk about it or see it, you know. Um, not that the blue-green algae is not important because we're learning that it's also creating air toxins, BMAAs, that are traveling far inland and creating neurological diseases. But um, it's the ones that you can't see also that are killing us. And they're not only killing us, but they're killing future generations. You know, as humans, we've always been advancing every year. And we seem to have hit this weird stasis where we've let companies advance, but... We are uh, putting so much stuff in our water and our chemicals that we are going to probably take a step back. You know, um, I don't see the population uh, increasing. You know, we find there's actually um, more uh, jobs that are in these kinds of, of tough environments that expose people to chemicals without any kind of reparation, or any kind of security program afterwards. Uh, there was a mine, and this is true in mining, and what they did is they will give the guys dosimeter badges. And if you're not familiar with a dosimeter badge, dosimeter badge, hey Jackie, thanks for joining. Dosimeter badge is, uh, it reflects radiation. I've had to wear them in some of the places I've worked. And when the dosimeter badge fills up, you're at toxic level. Well, what these mines do is they hire, instead of hiring people, remember mining is a culture. It's not just an industry. And I'm not here to disparage miners or families of miners, or people that work at mines. I'm here to disparage the companies that own them. Because this is messed up. What they do is they give them dosimeters. And they say, okay, when your dosimeter's filled up, you're fired. So they're temporary hire. So where are they going to go? Right? Now, if you add that into, say, an overburdened healthcare system, we have to remember that this idea of best management practices, this idea of self-regulation that these companies are supposed to be doing, are allowing them to excessively pollute our waterways get our children sick, give chronic illness, give um, birth defects, and then give them no way to deal with that. Now, I can tell you guys, I work in conservation and documentary, and that's two fields that, like, are basically volunteer, <laughs> okay? Uh, and I battle cancer. And let me just tell you right now that it is very expensive have a chronic illness in this country. We're going to do a podcast on that because that's something that angers me a lot. And I think every, all of us, probably no matter who you are, have been through the medical system in the U.S. and have seen how insanely absurd it is um, and how many people die because of the system itself not being able to get help. Um, PMP is poor management practices. <laughs> yes, and you know, I love it because we can says we the people are pissed off. And I love that expression because I think that's where we're reaching. Because look, all of this polluting is causing everybody to get sick. And this is going to cause generations of sicknesses because again, radiation, 
Remember, PFAS are forever chemicals. If there is a PFAS in your water supply, and if you Google PFAS water supply, you'll find that it's been found recently all through California. It's all through Florida. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a chemical that is especially from DuPont. If you haven't watched um, The Devil We Know, please check that documentary out. It's incredible. And it illustrates this exact issue right here. The lower economic communities are the ones being poisoned uh, with the permission of our government for the profit of a very few. And this bypasses your political belief. And this again, we're going to come back into this is 2020. This is the rise. This is the, the uh, to me, like it's been fascinating to see, but I feel like we are watching the slow dismantling of the parties and the slow growth of the people because the people have more voice now. We have the internet, we have ways to vote, we have ways to mobilize. Um, if you're not familiar with gerrymandering, we'll talk about that as well, but politicians have found ways to fight back against our ways to organize by gerrymandering. Gerrymandering is basically a closed door session where they, they decide what areas are gonna be split up amongst which divisions and which districts which shift voting power. Um, so that's another thing. Um, so I just wanted to share that with you guys because it's another important aspect. But again, this is all being done by, we're being poisoned by our body politics. So, uh, hey Denise, thanks for joining. Hey Tanya, thanks for joining. And uh, hey Tanya, where in the world are you these days? Uh, I know Tanya has been doing some traveling and uh, starting to shoot videos at, at, at sanctuaries and conservation places around the world. So always like to keep up with her. Uh, and Camilla says, because the toxins cause delayed reactions in terms of neurological disorder. Oh, good point, Camilla. Uh, and this is another thing, too. If you are um, getting sick, most of the time the doctors are not going to point to environmental aspects. Again, my doctors have never, they've always taken it as a genetic issue. Um, so here we are 15 years later, and still, my tumors are still growing. They still don't know what it is, and, you know, we're where we started. <laughs> Only I've had nine surgeries, I'm about to have the 10th, and uh, been on radiation and chemo and all that good stuff. So, you know, you got to think about how this trade-off goes. So um, there are actually amazing resources. Now, Aaron Brockovich has done an amazing job of testing tap waters. And again, I want to just go back to the MLK thing because we are all tied together and we have to remember this. And you know what? I never do this, but on this particular one, let's just put this quote up again real fast. It... It bears repeating. And if you're, if you're watching me on Facebook, you can't see the quote. It's on my YouTube channel. Martin Luther King says, it really boils down to this, that all life is interrelated. We are all caught in an inescapable network of mutuality tied into a single garment of destiny. Whatever affects one destiny affects all indirectly. And that's, and that's what we're talking about here. Um, the, the motion that we all put into motion affects all of us. And what we do today affects tomorrow. We talk about this a lot. In generations, you know, remember we talked about the Iroquois think seven generations ahead. So we need to remove our uh, immediate gratification microwave thinking. You know? Oh, my idea is going to be done in 15 seconds. That was fast. <laughs> you know, we got to spend a little bit more time on this stuff. Um, and really take a look at the long-term and the seven-generation concept. Tanya in Denmark. Okay, fantastic. 40220. Sweet. Well, Tanya, please keep coming into the show. 
keep us updated on your adventures. And uh, thank you. Um, you know, it's even more important. This is a, a topic that I'm excited to talk to everybody about today because this is what we're talking about here. We're talking about the changes in all the economies. And guys, we have been sold out by everybody. The EPA has gutted the Environmental Justice Agency, okay, which was signed in by the president in 1994, which was meant to stop companies from polluting in poorer neighborhoods, quite simply put. Quite simply put, the poorer neighborhoods have lost all of their protections against companies polluting their toxic chemicals into their waterways. But as we know, to be short-sighted would be to say that because we know that, for example, these 100 miles of Cancer Alley, that all these companies are doing, where there's 6,000 times the cancer and child um, uh, uh, deformity rate, all that bleeds into the Gulf. And, and, and you know, the Mississippi goes a long way past past that area. So people are drawing their public water off there. So there's a bunch of municipalities that have dirty water and don't even know that. You know, this is the, the real trick of it. You talk about Flint, people are like, yeah, it happened in Flint. Flint politicians probably were at fault. Let's, let's get them. No. It's worse than that, guys. It's another example of companies being selling out our politicians. You know, that was simply... Uh, how contracts were overlooked and there was a lot of money made and, and the guys in Flint, some of them at least held responsibility, yet there was no federal responsibility held. What was that all about? By the way, if you're concerned about your water and you're concerned and, and you think to yourself, it's okay, because even if the EPA lets me down, the federal government must have some kind of something in place, right? I hate, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but I do need to inform you that the Clean Water Act has been repealed and is under judicial review. So at the moment, there are no real um, water, you know, um, there are no standards in our country at the moment. Standards have been decreased and our water standards have disappeared. Uh, and nobody is, is, is doing anything about it on a political level. So go to opensecrets.org, see where your local politicians are. Together, we can all put pressure on them to make a change. Remember, this is our drinking water. Even if it's somebody far away and their water's getting poisoned, it's happening in your town too. And you just don't know it. You know, it's invisible. It's happening in all of our towns. It's how every town in America is designed. The factories always are put on near some kind of a waterway for their pollution disbursement. They're allowed to draw water, use their water in the process, and then put the water back into your rivers and your drinking waters, they're allowed to do this. And it's generally done by a permit. A great example is, um, once again, the Mosaic company down in Florida. They are allowed to take, and somebody correct me if I'm wrong, I believe it's 9 or 11 million gallons a day from one, just one of the pump factories. Pull all that water out of the, the nature water, run it through their process to where it accumulates uranium and radon, to unhealthy levels, and then they just are allowed to just spit it back into the river. So remember, your municipal water comes from a river or a body of water. And that body of water, if you're in America, is being polluted by a corporation. You just don't know which one. Now, there is an economic disparity in all of this, and this is where environmental inequality comes into play. The people that generally run these companies live 
far inland from the water or in different bodies of water. None of them will live where they pollute. Um, you know the old the old expression not to mm, where you sleep. Uh, I hear like a billion varieties of that. That's what the that's what they do, but they make us pay for it. So. There are ways to fight back, and that's what I really wanted to focus on today. Because, look, this is how they've done it. But we all know, we are all have a new consciousness. We all know that things are changing, and we have more power than ever. And Sherry says, the effort is part of growing rights of nature movement to allow people to sue polluters on behalf of the environment. That is one of the most important things we can do right now, because if everyone needs to also remember that an absurd thing happened in our country a few years ago, where... Corporations were given the same rights as people, which allows them to sue people like me. <laughs> say, you guys are doing bad things. Um, and it allows them to sue if, if they don't get their way. It basically deregulated everything uh, in, in a horrible way. And it opened up all of our environmental systems to it. Now, again, remember, the head of the EPA has been the one that's wanted to open up the lands for drilling and to, you know, allow them to shoot the hibernating bears, the bear population. So I'm a big, big fan of the rights of nature movement. And I think it's very important because we do have to remember we are all interrelated. The other thing to consider when you think about the connection of it all, um, for example, in the Philippines, we were talking about Manila. When I was, oh yeah, Bert Harris Act, we'll go over that in a second. Um, when I was in Manila, I went to very remote islands. And big corporations were coming in and fishing out the, them, and then the fisheries were collapsing. And the local villagers were starving because they didn't have enough fish to feed their village. We, um, the group I was working with, which was called Earth Race Conservation, went in and actually shut down these illegal operations. We boarded the boats and, and gave the tribes the ability to um, take legal action against these. For example, we took down a 15-ship fleet one night uh, in the Philippines. And they were stealing all the fish from this very small village. So what happens is you're out in the country and suddenly food becomes hard to find. Same thing happened in the Amazon. All the loggers are killing all the animals. And the people that live in these indigenous and very deep areas no longer have access to what they need to survive. So what will happen is eventually those people all move into the city due to food insecurity. And once you have that happen, then you have cities explode with population. So when we talk about overpopulation, we have to remember that it's not always just means that everyone's getting action and we have more kids than ever. We have to remember that city populations change due to food insecurity. And which is, if, if we bring it back to where we started, environmental inequality. So there's a lot to talk about. Uh, the Bird Harris Act, which has been brought up here, uh, as Mitch brings up, um, the Bird Harris Act is an act that allows a landowner the rights to sue the uh, if they do not are not allowed to exploit the land in the manner in which they want to for the potential for which it's worth. And please, Mitch, correct me if I said that incorrectly. Uh, what that means is that these mining companies, if they want a permit and they want to open a mine, if the town says no, they have the legal right to sue them for as much money as they think they would have made from that mine, which puts these small little local community governments in you know, being threatened with 60, 70, 80 million dollar lawsuits that they cannot afford. So it is a way of bullying. And the problem is it's legal. The problem is not the occasional issue like we think with Flint, right? It's not the occasional issue. The problem is the system itself. And the problem is 
the way it runs. And the problem is cancer of the body politic, like we talked about before. These people that are supposed to be helping us, like EPA, are selling us out to these corporations, and your children are getting sick. And we see an increase in chronic illness, and we see an increase in birth defects, and we see an increase in all kinds of issues uh, stemming from the water issue. And the water issue is quite simply that these governments that are giving the permits and are supposed to be watching and watchdogging are actually selling everything to the companies, giving them the keys to the, to the store, and we are all left to pay the bill. So this is not going to work. And 2020 is our year to change this. And again, I don't care what your politics are. Vote for water. Go to opensecrets.org. Make sure your politician isn't going to be voting for polluters. And we need to get away from the idea of thinking of companies and this and that and politicians. And this is my guy that I like because he said this one day nine years ago. Listen, all we have to talk about are polluters. Is this company a polluter or not? Have they taken steps to combat their pollution? You know, not every company is going to stop pollution, but some of them are trying to curb it. And as much as I wish there were none, no pollution, as long as I wish there were none and there was no pollution, I am still very happy when a company tries to take steps to rectify it and work forward and toward a resolution that works for us as the people that have to live in their pollution and them as the people that need to do what their job is, which is just to make a profit for their um, shareholders. Again, remember, that's all the company's job is, make profit for the shareholders. So if your health doesn't have to do with that, your health isn't part of the equation, which means that DuPont doesn't care if you're healthy or not. They will pump all their chemicals into the water and continue to give us chronic illnesses, cancers, and other uh, toxins in our bodies. And it's, it's a nonstop. Um, now, Sherry brings up another one. Preemptive laws are trying to stop Florida. Ben Albritton um, is somebody... And again, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but Ben Albritton is somebody who's trying to create this preemptive law in Florida which says that local community, uh, local groups are not allowed to ask for changes on a local level. And I believe they're trying to get this passed on a state level, guys. Um, so the idea is to stop allowing protesting. For example, it's just it's, it's the ag-gag law all over again. We all remember the ag-gag law, right? The ag-gag law states that if you show a company or an agricultural company or f agricultural farming industry in a negative way, they can sue you for, for uh, harm, <laughs> which is really absurd to me, okay? Because if you think about it, what, what that would be me having a camera. So I'm not inventing images in the camera. I'm showing the truth. And if the truth is so horrible that they want to outlaw me showing it, shouldn't we be outlawing whatever that truth is that we're exposing? So why have us environmentalists become the number one priority in the Department of Justice this year? It's absurd. And it's all to allow these companies to continue to profit unfettered, absolutely unfettered. Remember, Clean Water Act has been repealed and you have zero protections for your water coming out of your tap. Um, yeah, and Sherry says, yes, the bill's moving quickly through Senate. Ah, oh, geez. Well, we're gonna keep our eyes open on that bill because that bill what happened? I always say this, guys. What happens in Florida happens around the, the states and around the world, because Florida has some of the most active environmentalists that I've seen and activists that I've seen, and they're out there trying to stop this bill right now. And this guy's just ramming it through. Uh, now Ben Albritton has a bit of a shady past to himself, and just to kind of throw it out there, um, his brother 
is on the county commissioners for Hardy County, which has the Fort Meade mine and uh, is trying to expand its owner mine, I believe, or it got the right, no, sorry, owner might be manatee. Um, I'm a little out of my element on that. But the point is, this guy that's doing this, his brother is in a mining town's county commission in Hardy County, um, where the activists have been very active to fight against it. So instead of stopping it on a local level, because eventually when people learn that they're poisoning their children, they're going to want it to stop. Nobody is going to say, bring the, the next mine in. I don't care about my kids. I don't care about the kids. You know, no one's, no one's going to really do that. So instead, they're just going to stop it on a state level. Which brings me to my last point today, everybody. Why do we need to focus so much on being preventative? Now, Ben Albritton is trying to stop us from having a voice. Ag Ag Law is trying to stop us from having a voice. We need to stop the companies from being allowed to stop us from having a voice. So we need to pull it back a step further and we need to rein them in. They're currently, through our lobbying system, in control of everything. And I'm not, I'm not even exaggerating. They... If you're not familiar with it, Google ALEC, A-L-E-C, and understand how lobbyists write laws, pass laws, and promote laws. It's not a conspiracy theory. It really happens. So what I'm saying is we have to remember that it's all inclusive. Um, all of this comes back to, oh, sorry, Sherry says, the thing is the people in Hardy County who are being affected cannot afford to fight, and many are too sick to fight. Sherry, that's a great point. And this is a big problem. Um, they will often, this is why they often choose towns that they don't think will have the ability to fight back. Um, but I will say, Sherry, Hardy County, uh, I have spoken to some of the most amazing activists. And no matter what, I, to me, a lot of it really uh, has been kind of a shining example of how to fight back. And it's an uphill battle. But they fight and they fight and they, you know, Hardy County is it's it's interesting because it really is one of the most corrupt county commissioning seats I've seen. Maybe aside from uh, what I saw happen in Soto County recently, um, but also has some of the strongest activists. So at task, you know. Um, but if if the state gets us through, man, this is going to be a problem. And you're right, um, rights are continually being taken, and. We need to fight for our rights, but our main right that I want to focus on is our health, our right to clean water, our right to clean air. It's a basic right. It's a right nobody thought about 300 years ago or wrote about 300 years ago because we didn't need to demand it. Now we are. And now we do. And, you know, like I say, I always say, you know, if I can just stop one kid from having to go through what I'm going through right now with cancer, then that's fine. Like. You know, we need to, to stop being so concerned with what's convenient for us right now. We need to think seven generations ahead and we need to continue to fight for the next generation. OK, you know, um, so my plea is to think about environmental inequality, to think about the fact that we are allowing these companies to give the poorer communities all of their trash, whether it's over in Indonesia or in, in Malaysia, where they just said no, or China, where they finally said no, or it's right here in America on the Mississippi River. In, in New Orleans, you say New Orleans, Mississippi, everyone will talk about Mardi Gras. Nobody's going to talk about 6,000 times the cancer rate due to pollution. 
But guess what? We are now. <laughs> so I'm going to put a couple links behind, guys. We're almost out of time here today. I'm going to put a few links down below where you can check your local water quality and see how it how it um, lived up. And if you're in California, the water they just tested is extremely dangerous and cancer-causing. So please don't be fooled and don't think that it's just happening in Flint or it's just happening in Florida or it's just happening in China or it's just happening. It's happening everywhere. Um, and you know what, Carrie? You're absolutely right. Low-hanging fruit is what everybody goes for because it's the badge, you know. But what we need is we're going to refocus it this year. One of our goals here at the Conservation Conversation and through other media and some documentaries I'm working on is to let's take it up a notch. Let's talk about these companies that have been allowed to stay invisible and influence our lives and destroy our lives without any form of repercussion that they've been allowed for way too long to get away with this. And I think that we are all at a point where we have said no more. Uh, I personally uh, am, am going to speak up and I feel like we have a great group behind us. And again, go back to Florida, some of the most amazing groups of, of water activism um, that I've seen fighting for clean air and water against a litany of issues, including possibly being silenced. Uh, remember, guys, Florida is the place where they passed the um, no more stopping plastic. <laughs> they, they, they stopped an anti-pollution law before it cre was created. So Florida is a very head of the game as far as allowing companies to run rampant and destroy the lives of their citizens. And you know what? You're absolutely right, uh, Mitch. All the water is connected. Everybody remember it's our vein. And the thing about it is we have to remember that we are its heartbeat. All right. We're its heartbeat and we're also its body. And these cancers, like these companies that are coming in and doing this to us are not. We are the heartbeat and we are the body. There are veins. We need to take them back. And I'm really happy you guys all joined me today. Um, I'm going to go ahead and hop out of here. I am going to put some additional links in. If you have any other links, please add them in. Next week is going to be a very fun show. I'm excited. And I can't wait to catch up with everybody again. Thanks for joining me on Monday. It's been an amazing podcast. I love all the comments and the feedback you guys have had. Once again, an incredible conversation. And that's how we change our future. You know, what we have to do is remove that old thing to say that you don't talk about politics, money, or uh, religion. What we need to do is talk about whatever we got to talk about to talk about our environment because it's ours and it's ours. And as I always say, it's our world. Let's talk about it. So thanks for joining everybody. Thanks for being here. And I can't wait to see you next week.